0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: If you're on dating sites or apps and you're getting a whole lot of nothing, chances are you really need to work on your pictures. You don't have to be the best looking guy in the world to have amazing pictures that she'll find incredibly attractive that will make her swipe right. And I just wrote a guide on how to get those pictures. It's called Profile Pics That Will Make Her Swipe Right. And it's available on my website right now at kristinandchill.com. I've now made over hundreds of dudes profiles and I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, even if he wasn't. And I've taken everything I've learned about what makes great profile pictures and I've put them in this guide. The first 20 people to buy the guide get $5 off with promo code YOU F O R Y O U. All you have to do is enter it at checkout and you can go to kristinandchill.com slash picture guide. That's kristinandchill.com slash picture guide.
0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have two topics that are very important topics that we cover with step-by-step instructions. One is how to cure one-itis, something we've never talked about before, but is extremely prevalent and very important for you to know about. And the second one is seduction. Seduction how to seduce a woman, how to talk to her, questions to ask, how to tap into her emotions. We cover all of this and again, give you step-by-step instructions on how to do this in the first interaction with women. So keep listening. to the Ask Women Podcast. It's Marnie. I am doing the intro today because I have to get over my fear of not being able to do the intro. So I'm kind of nervous right now as I'm doing this. But anyway, I'm here with myself, obviously. I am Marnie, the owner of The Wing Girl Method. And then I have Kristen Carney with me, who you know, obviously, who usually does this intro. And she is on the line as well. And then we have Sebastian Hi. Harris, who is a dating coach for the company. It's his company called Global Seducer. So, Sebastian, thank you for coming onto our podcast and talking with us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation.
0: <laughs> oh, so are we because today
1: we are going to talk about one-itis. Which I have all the time, constantly. It's almost like I have like, right. I have like <laughs> te- 10 one-itis because I have so many one-itises, if that makes sense. It's so, it's so funny because as, so I've known Kristen now for I
0: think six years and every time that she meets somebody... She she does. She has whineitis. She becomes fixated on this one person who she thinks is her person and she's never going to find anybody else again. And every time or lately, I've been reminding you that you say this continually, continuously over and over again, which means that you're able to replace that one person and that there's always somebody else that you can date afterwards.
1: But I wanted to talk right, to... Right. But it's so, it's so weird though, because as a person with one-itis, you convince yourself that no, 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 now this is the one person. And I know before we started talking, Sebastian... Right. And now, now this is the real person. Exactly. Right. But Sebastian mentioned how to know when it is the real person versus when it's not, because I think I get a bun- bunch of fake one-itis
2: And it's really interesting, actually, now, yeah. now that you talk about that, it's interesting from a man's point of view, because usually we guys always think only men have this one-itis problem and that women are completely different in this case. Oh my God, no. But it's interesting to hear the female perspective on that. <laughs>
0: I've had it several times for sure. So I, it's funny because I just talked to a couple of people recently about my one-itis or I've had several situations where I have been focused on one person thinking that they are like the be-all and end-all for me and my soulmate and the person that I'm supposed to be with. So I have two situations that stand out for me. So there was this one guy in college that I actually dated at summer camp who I I was in love with. We were a very happy couple and I went away for a month. I went to go backpack in in uh, Greece and I came back and things shifted and changed and I panicked and then I ended up switching my college uh, to go to the same college. It was just like the stupidest thing that I became fixated on and I became obsessed with him uh, for a whole year. And then actually, to be honest, that I think was part of what resulted in me having my stroke a year later. So like one-itis can be pretty damaging for you. The other situation that I talk to a lot of people about is somebody else that I was focused on when I was 23, 24 years old. And that person happened to live with my now husband and when I started dating my now husband, I still had a crush on this other person. So it was like a benefit that my husband lived with him. <laughs> but the benefit <laughs> to me actually ended up being that I got to see that this person who I did think was so right for me actually wasn't so right for me. And that I would have, I mean, he's he's awesome and wonderful and still in our lives, but he would have been a, a horrible, horrible match for me. So I got to, to get that insight as well to see that that person actually wasn't what I built him up to be and wasn't this perfect mate for me. But I, I wanted to hear from Sebastian, because I think we're talking about one-itis a lot, and people are not understanding what we're talking about. But I want to hear from Sebastian, what what is one-itis, and how do men experience it?
2: In my personal opinion, one-itis is, as you already said, a little bit like this fixation on one person. And it's also this this very unhealthy fixation. It's not from a point of, I want to be with this person, but I need to be with this person. So with this word "need," it's also implied that it's very needy. And what I have this experience with men from coaching men who, yeah, who suffer from bonitis or who suffered from bonitis, it's always for men. Usually, when they have this fantasy in mind, let's say the guy is not really experienced with women, then he has this fantasy: oh, this would be my perfect girlfriend. She has to look like this. She has to be like this. And then they meet a girl who fulfills kind of these criteria and then suddenly they over yeah you could say overvalue her her in their mind like even though she might be as pretty as they want they suddenly think that she has all these other positive benefits because yeah right. because she's the girl who's interested in them and then suddenly they make up this story in their mind like oh she's the one she's the perfect one she's the soulmate we will be happy forever and yeah, this can be very, very self-destructive. Yeah,
1: and I have to make this work. <laughs> Tell me about it right now, as I refresh my Instagram feed to see if my one-itis has liked my picture yet. Right. <laughs> and it's damaging. It's mentally damaging. It's distracting. It's upsetting. It's like you think about it constantly. And how do you convince yourself that it's not real? Because it feels so real. Yeah. Or how do you cure yourself of one-itis? The one-
2: yeah, the one, the one the one, tip that I always give my coaching clients in this case is really to think about it logically. I know usually when it comes to seduction and dating, logic is not always the best answer. But in this case, I think it's a really good idea to sit down, do it the old school way to take a pen and paper, write a list and really think, is this person really as amazing as I think she is? Or in your case, as you think he is. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it's a she. Chris has given up on <laughs> okay. men now. I'm, 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 no. I'm totally kidding. I, I, I honestly am getting to that point before I would say I'm too boring to be into girls, but I'm getting to the point where I'm so disappointed in men that I can get excited if I need yeah. to
2: at this point. <laughs> More power to you, do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's, yeah. then it's the same principle, like write down, okay, is this person really, yeah, the fantasy that I, that I turn her into in this case. And I did that actually recently with a Skype coaching client. It was really interesting. He came to me, he said, oh my God, Sebastian, how can I get this girl? There's this one girl in my college class. I can't forget her. She's perfect for me. And then I asked him, okay, why is she perfect for you? And then he said, the typical thing of one night is like, oh, she's, we are so compatible. She's so beautiful. She's just amazing. She's so sweet. And all the words that he used were very general, not really specific. Yeah. And then I asked him to go really specific. In which way are you compatible? How is she amazing? How does she treat you? How is the relationship with her? Um, Yeah, even though they weren't in a relationship yet, but how is the the way she behaves around you? How are all those little small things? Does this actually make sense what you tell me? And then he wrote those things down and he was like, actually, we don't have so much in common. Now that I think about it, we never really... And then he suddenly looked at me and was like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> but this, what about for me helps. who
1: can say, but what about for me who's like, uh, no, we actually have tons in common and that's why I think we're great for each other.
2: I mean, compatibility is one part, but how, how many things, let's say, in which area do you have things in common? Like from your hobbies or from...
1: Hobbies, sense of humor, point of view, jokes, movies.
2: Then I would, also, and on and on. Then I would also ask yourself... Do you go in the same direction in life? This is also a very important point when it comes to relationships. Because what often happens with this one-itis is that guys, and I can now only speak from guys because I mainly coach guys, but guys have this idea often in mind that, hey, if she's the one, she will go with me wherever I go. She will have the same idea about life. And of course, compatibility is one part. But let's let's use your guy, for example, your one-itis. Do you think he wants the same things in life?
1: Yes, but almost too much so, where it would be competing.
2: Mm. Does that Ah, make sense? Okay, now now we're already getting to the core.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And he's, and he's not single. So the reason I'm kind of being a little bit mum is because he's not, he's not single. But those bad. are the other things to logically be aware of. So it's like, yes, you can ask. You, so let's have
0: a, a level of a, a checklist of, yes, are we compatible? Yeah, we are compatible. We share the same values about things and that can happen quite often. I think the next question is, is, is he or she available to me right now? And then the that's logical answer the is, checklist.
1: yeah. But That's what makes it like heartbreaking because actually before, uh, you know, we've had guys on the... Uh, write in and say, there's this girl I like and she's got a boyfriend, but I really kind of want to get her to like leave her boyfriend. And before I'd be like, "Ah, eh, stop, it's idiotic. That's not going to happen. Move on. But now I'm in those shoes of like, oh my God, this would be the perfect person. Now... I've got a problem because he's not single. What do I do about that? And instead of being logical and normal, like I would have been before, I would have moved on. But now I'm like fixated on like, well, what if something goes wrong? And I'll just like check in on their relationship online, like every like two weeks Two minutes to see if they've broken <laughs> up Something yet, changed, or like,
2: refreshed his yeah. Facebook status all the time. Like, oh my god, yeah. please. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they unfollowed each other. Okay, here, you know, and so it's become an unhealthy fixation.
2: I mean, from my from, to do that. from my personal experience, I can say that it has also a lot to do with your mindset. Because I remember when I was the shy guy who couldn't get laid, who couldn't get a girlfriend, then, and I was in this in this scarcity mindset, then it's very easy to get one is because. Then you're in this position, somebody, you like somebody, maybe this person likes you a little bit, maybe not in a relationship sense, but just you have some, let's say some anchor where you can hold on to. And you think, hey, okay, then I get, then I want this person. But nowadays I have this mindset and I hope I don't go too spiritual right now, but it has also to do with the law of attraction. Then if you vibrate on a certain frequency, that there are a lot of people that you can attract into your life on this frequency. There's not just this one person. And that's why I personally don't have this, yeah, even if I'm really into a girl, I don't have this one-eyedness anymore because I tell myself, okay, I have so many potential partners, so many potential girlfriends out there. The world is a playground. There's abundance out there. I don't need to fixate on such a, yeah, on one particular person.
0: How did you get that mindset? Sorry that I'm interrupting, but I want to know, like... How do you go from thinking, okay, I have to make it work with this girl because she's pretty. She's the first girl who's paid attention to me in weeks or months or whatever. And I have her, she's interacting with me. So I got to make it work to, oh yeah, like the world is my oyster. I I have my pick of any woman that I want.
2: I mean, uh, to give you a short short overview from my backstory, I went from really shy, insecure, social anxiety and I still have scars all over my body because I have a congenital heart defect, and I had two surgeries in my life, like one as a baby and one as a teenager. And I went from this, then, yeah, I slowly developed myself. I got into pickup, into seduction, and it took years for me to develop to this point where I had this abundance mindset. But the one thing that really changed it for me was to travel the world. Because before I was always in this, yeah, you could say I grew up in a very small German town And there's automatically scarcity because there are just not so many beautiful women around that you can date. And then the more I traveled abroad and the more I had relationships and adventures with girls from different countries, the more I realized no matter in what place I am, no matter what language they speak, no matter what continent I'm on, there are always women who, like I said, who who vibrate or who, who are on my frequency, who I can attract. And that's what really made the difference for me. That's why I also give the advice to a lot of guys who've never left their country, which is which happens quite often to my American coaching clients, oh, yeah. to be honest. They've never traveled abroad. And then I tell them, okay, just go somewhere. Go to places.
0: It even shifts how you think about yourself and your mindset going somewhere fresh because you're not stuck and anchored in yeah. the old way that people see you. You can reinvent yourself. You can try things and you just have... it's It's just a natural thing that happens. You just have a fresh perspective on you and how you can in- interact with other people. So I I completely agree with that because that for me was what would ch- what changed me. It helped me get over my shyness and helps me see that the world was full of options and that I can say no to people and yes to people. And I don't know to a whole bunch of people and still have tons of opportunities in front of me. So I, I, I love that advice. I wanted to get back to the one-itis because I want to continue with this checklist because I think that we were on a really good path uh, with things that you can start to ask yourself to get back into a logical mindset because I think that taking everything down from this dreamy, floaty space into reality and logic for men especially, maybe not for Christian but for men, can be ex- can oh, be wow. extremely we will, helpful. We will see. Yeah, in the I mean, you could tell her <laughs> yeah. a million things, and it's still not going to matter because she's going to feel something, and like she's going to get locked into that. And I get that. But for men, I think that they they have the wonderful benefit of being able to get to that rational and logical place really easy if you put it in front of them, or they put it in front of themselves. So what would be some other things for them to ask themselves or to logically look at that don't have to do with compatibility, that don't have to do if they're available?
2: <laughs> okay, let's make this one. It's the first one, of course, single in a relationship, then yeah. <laughs> very important. Uh, what we talked about already, compatibility. If you're actually compatible, and I would say compatibility in different ways. On the one hand, also on interests, hobbies, Like if you actually have shared interests, but then also compatibility when it comes to your personality. And that's, in my experience, even more important. To give you a simple example, I had one coaching client who was an extreme introvert. I'm also very introverted. And he, just like me, doesn't like clubs. He didn't drink alcohol. He doesn't like the nightlife. And his one is was the typical party girl. And I could already see, or let's say, yeah, I could already see from the way he talked about her and himself, like that would never, ever work like in a million years. And sometimes then this oneitis has this, yeah, it's very tempting to be a tr- like, like this saying, like opposites attract. That's very nice in the beginning, but when it comes to a relationship, you can forget about it, at least in my opinion and experience.
0: I, I do agree with you. I agree with you on that, that I mean, opposites are attractive, but actually long-term, they're not that great for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what about logically looking at how they treat you?
2: That's a big one. And that's especially a big one because a lot of guys who have this one itis, they are trapped in the friend zone. And then they do the homework for the girl, they carry the bags, they help her when the computer is broken. I mean in the worst case they pay their rent. (laughs) I've had that too. Oh yeah. And Oh me too. And then I and then yeah, then you have to ask yourself this this one interesting question. Would you actually hang out with a friend who would treat you like that? And then they look at me and go uh no, of course not, Jesus! And then I say, why would yeah. you then date this person? Doesn't make any sense.
0: Right? Yeah. Do you do you think that on the other end, the person on the receiving end of the one itis, do you think that they're being bitchy or rude or manipulative or uh, malicious? Like, are they? Are these are women who know that a guy likes them
2: actively
0: testing this man? Or purposely disrespecting them? I want to know your your thoughts on that.
2: I would say if she's interested in him a little bit, if there's a little bit of sexual attraction, then she will test him with the so-called shit tests that I don't think are shitty at all. It's simply a test. Hey, does this man have the confidence to date me? Is he worth dating, basically? That's what a shit test is, in my opinion. But if she's not interested at all from the beginning, Then, and I hate to say it, then often women call some man a friend, even though they don't treat him as a friend, but more as a servant. And that's also because they don't respect this guy. And I don't blame women for that. Because there's always, how do you say, it always needs two people. Right. Like one who does it and the one who allows it to happen. So if a man is so weak and then does all these things like, doing the homework, carrying the bags and all that kind of stuff. How can a woman respect him? I mean, no man on earth would do these things for a good buddy. But for a girl, they do it. I
0: I agree. I even think about it when I'm thinking about doing things for my children or like my mom who did things for me when I was younger. She just did things. And so it wasn't like I was actively trying to shit all over her by letting her do things for me. It's I just didn't think about it. I wasn't trying to be mean. I wasn't tr- trying to take advantage. I just knew that if I needed something, she was going to do it. And because she did it, it it, it didn't require anything from me, whether it's good or negative feelings towards her. It's not like I was constantly thinking, "Oh my god, my mom is such a good person. She does this and that and that." She just did things for me, and so therefore that was the natural reaction. That was the natural thing that happened. And therefore, I had no emotions tied to it. And I think that that's what happens with women as well. Because I I had a lot of guy friends in my life who were like that with me. I enjoyed them. I I liked hanging out with them. But if there were other guys around that I was more interested in, I would pay more attention to those guys than to the guys who would, you know, come fix my car or help me move or whatever it was. Um, And sometimes I would do that with my girlfriends too but it just wasn't something that required a lot of attention from me because they weren't either demanding it, asking for it or stating that it was needed in order for them to do these things for me. So, I just wanted to like try and paint a a, a bigger picture of of what actually can happen for a lot of women is that it's not that they're maliciously doing this. It's just that it, it's not even like a blip on their radar to think about it.
2: Exactly. It's like and that's why I also think that it's yeah, it's kind of weird that it's called the friend zone. Because when you really think of it, in, in most cases, there is no real yeah, friendship. Yeah, there's no
0: friendship. It's just the I'm the not attracted to you The
2: hoping zone. like, oh, I get, here, I get her and the girl is like you just said, yeah, I'm just not attracted. It would it's, be better if yeah. you were
0: in the friend zone and she did actually view you as a friend that she wanted to respect. That's the truth. Yeah, that's,
2: that's a different thing. I mean, you can be friends with girls. I'm also friends with a lot of girls, but then I'm purposefully friends with them. And it's not like a friend zone where I have the one does and go like, oh my God, one day I will get her. Right. Like It's a totally different, different mindset.
0: Yeah, and that's what, that's what the difference is. The, people who have that mindset are always going to be viewed that way. So what would be a way? So after they make this list, what would be the way to change this, to change how she views you, to, to, to be a blip on her radar?
2: I wouldn't even say it in the sense of trying to change how she sees me. I would try to change myself and try to become a more confident man and a better man. And then automatically she will see me different until you reach a point where you don't even care that this girl sees me differently. That's something that I experienced on my own journey and that I also uh, tell my coaching clients. When I was this shy, insecure guy who couldn't even look women into the eyes without blushing or without, yeah, without okay. shaking, basically, when I was this guy, I had many so-called female friends who used me and in some sense also abused me, when you can yep. say it like that. And then when I embarked on this journey, I, become more, I became more confident. my whole, yeah, the whole way I was talking to them, I was behaving around them, everything just changed. And some of them noticed that and some of them suddenly showed interest who never showed interest before without me consciously trying it. But just because I developed into this guy, I lost my fear. I, yeah, I, I just, I learned seduction skills. Basically, I learned how to pick up women. And then your whole whole demeanor
0: changes. Yeah.
2: Your whole being changes. That's why I always, yeah. And that's why I always give this advice. Like, don't focus on this one girl. Don't, don't even start with this idea. Hey, I want to improve because of her. Try to improve because of yourself. And then you will become a man who's automatically more attractive also to her. And then you will reach a point where she doesn't even matter anymore.
0: I love that.
1: Sorry, I was just going to say, I unfortunately completely agree with this because when I turn my one, when I somehow turn my one itis off, it always like attracts that person or something. And it's, it's bizarre how it actually works. Like the minute I forget about them or the, if I'm not even thinking about the person, they're always more interested in me. It's, it's just, and you don't even have to say a word at all to indicate this. It's just an energy or a vibe or something. So unfortunately, you're right. And I wish you weren't because. It's so yeah, hard it's the to turn off. difference
2: between needing and wanting. Yeah, but it's
1: so hard to turn <laughs> off. Start making your list. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. not. That's the whole thing. It's just instead of... It's it's replacing your energy or refocusing your energy. So I, I can walk down the street and I can think in my head, I'm not attractive. I'm ugly. People don't like me. I'm a horrible conversationalist. Whatever it is, those, that, those negative buzzwords that go on way. in my head. Right, exactly. (laughs) They are true. But if I wanted to trick myself into believing the opposite, I could work... It's hard at first to replace those thoughts, but you can replace them with a list of five awesome things about you. Like, so for example, I walked into my gym class this morning and there was a celebrity in there who I kind of actually know through my son, but I've never met her before. And so I introduced myself in some way. I said, our, our sons know each other. And then I noticed myself becoming fixated on her during my exercise class where I was like looking over at her and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, she's not even that big of a celebrity. But uh, but I was just like, it's it just something that that was going on in my brain. I was having semi one for her, whatever the one-itis was tied to. And so for me, I replaced those thoughts. And I've talked about this before. I do this thing called the Barbra end, which is me singing a song in my head to distract me from certain thoughts and if those thoughts start to creep back I continue singing the song so that the overwhelming feelings can subside and then, and can be replaced with these new pleasant feelings that can distract me from putting me down or from overly fixating on somebody or something and you can do that too i know it's more challenging with somebody that you have one itis for but if you can just continuously focus on that rather than on the, oh, they're perfect for me. Oh, I need to go check out their Instagram and replace it with, you know, we're actually not that great for each other. He is taken or even something that just benefits you and has nothing to do with him whatsoever. It's, it's a gradual way for you to calm your nervous system down so that you can actually get over those overwhelming feelings of thinking that person is perfect for you.
1: Right, you're right. I know I'm right, so do it. You just have to be in a sane, I I know. I just have to be in a sane (laughs) mindset.
2: Sometimes the logical German way works. (laughs) Right,
1: exactly, exactly. All
0: right, we're going to be back in a minute and we're going to talk to Sebastian about seduction because I think he's going to have some really interesting thoughts on this that will be very beneficial for you. So keep listening.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news,
1: I'm not great at math, but 66% of men starting to lose their hair by 35 doesn't sound like the best odds to me. So if I were you, I'd be checking to see if I was one of those 66% because you probably are. I always say if I like win something, it's the shitty lotto. Like I would win not actual money from a lotto, but the lotto of people who lose their hair. And you might be that person too. So. If you are, you should go to 4 They are a one-stop shop for hair loss and not to mention skincare and sexual wellness for men. But we get so many good responses about what it's done for men in their hair loss who listen to the show. We've been doing this ad long enough now that we're actually seeing results. And if you want to be part of those results, you should go to 4 wants. This brand is helping you guys be the best versions of yourselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to treat and help hair loss, no snake oil pills, no gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. So get the hair treatment everyone is talking about featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy, and more, especially this podcast. And you should order now. Our listeners can get started with the HIMSS Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information, but this could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy or somewhere else. So you don't go to somewhere else. You go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. Forhims.com slash wants.
0: All right, Sebastian, we are back. I I wanted to dive into seduction with you because we talk about this a lot on our show, but what do you mean when you focused on seduction like what what does that actually mean
2: (laughs) what that actually meant back then was that i i always say i embarked on my journey and there is no overnight success it really was a journey over years and it all started with me and a very very rough breakup
0: (laughs) oh like everybody
2: (laughs) yeah that that basically made me realize i have to do something i have i just have to do something I mean, back then, the relationship ended with the first girl who ever slept with me. And of course, I had one night with her because I thought, hey, I will never, ever be able to get another woman. Right. That's how insecure I was. And then I actually embarked on this journey. Like, it started with, yeah, with the simple thing. Like, it starts for so many guys. I just Googled, like, how to pick up girls, how to be better with women, or something like that. And then I started to go out on my own. And I wanted to approach girls. I wanted to do, yeah, I wanted to do day game. But in the first couple of weeks or even months, I, I couldn't even ask people people for the time. I was so shy. Yeah, me too. I had so terrible social anxiety. And then at some point, I did a coaching like a boot camp with Sasha Day Game. Oh yeah, who's a very well known yeah, yeah, yeah. pickup instructor and <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I know and all He people. actually changed yeah. my life. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, he actually changed my life in this sense and i'm very thankful for that we are, we are still in contact we're still great friends and yeah he 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 then basically gave me this you could say this kick in the ass to continue on this journey and then i just i yeah i just didn't give up i mean i got i really got into this a little bit insane i approached for for years i approached 10 women every day Amazing. like every single day Back exhausting. then I had an office job in Germany. not
1: it
0: exhausting? <laughs> well, isn't it exhausting focusing on one person who doesn't want you? <laughs> this, this oh is my God,
1: worse. Yeah, it's worse, worse. That's why I should be napping right now. Because
2: I'm exhausted. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that's, that's actually, yeah, that's, um, that's how it started. And I, then I just got obsessed with it. I wanted to become good at this. I wanted it so, so bad. And I was always a person who, got mo- who gets motivated by small progress. I just love small progress. Yeah. Like when other guys say, "Oh, I approached women, I got a phone number, but hey, I didn't have didn't get laid yet." I don't see this like like those guys. They give up then. But I saw every little step, every smile, every phone number, every time I got a date was for me progress. Amazing. And then I just kept going and going and going, and now I'm here. Amazing.
0: So okay, so when, but when you talk about seduction and seducing women, I want to get a better understanding. Mm-hmm of what that means and how you do it like what was your first shift so after you had the tiny progress where you were able to get a phone number you were able to get a date what what were some things you did to start seducing women because that that's very different than mm-hmm. attraction and it's very different than getting a date or like so so where what what is what is it yeah where is it and where does it start
2: I mean, for me, the biggest shift was when I realized the difference between logical connection, what a lot of guys try to do when it comes to seducing women. They think they can seduce women with logic by saying, hey, I'm the best match. Hey, I'm the perfect guy. I have the job title. I have the BMW. And when I shifted from this logical mindset into emotions, Mm -hmm. because women are, in my opinion, so much better at emotional communication than a lot of men and what for me really made the difference is when i combined let's say sexual seduction in the sense of being yeah being touchy feely as i always say like to always to touch the woman early early on in the interaction to always go for the hug in, uh, instead of the handshake and to to build up the sexual tension also with direct eye contact um with just in the way i talk to women in a more deeper voice and a little bit lower and everything slowing down, like that's the sexual aspect, and then I combine this with always going straight into the emotions. Like also when I approach women or when I talk to women in a social setting, I leave out all the small talk, like all the redundant stuff. Maybe that's also my German nature. I don't know. We just hate small talk.
0: Right? No, no. But that. But what you're saying is hitting home for me. Can you? Can you give an example?
2: Yeah, to give an example, when. Let's say when the average guy approaches a girl, he goes maybe the compliment he does that right and go excuse me I just saw you from over here and I think you're really beautiful and then it comes to what I always call the German job interview style where are you from what do you do where are you right. live what do you do for fun and that's there's no emotion there she can maybe talk about hey I'm a law student hey I do this but there's there's just no emotion and what I do I skip all that I go immediately into what she likes maybe she says then. I'm a law student. But I detect from the way that she says it, she can either say, oh, I'm a law student. Or she says, I'm a law student. Mm -hmm. And then I already know what are her emotions to this topic. And if her emotions are positive, then I dive into this topic because then I know she will have a positive emotional connection here. She will experience positive emotions and link them to me and to the experience with me. But when I see that, but when I see that she has a, let's say negative experience, she says, oh, I'm a law student. Uh, I hate it. Then I ask her, okay, what do you really love to do? And then I make her think and she's like, okay, I really love to do this. And then I ask, how does it make you feel? What do you feel when you do it? I always go into the emotions. And that's what, what makes it for me so effective once I shifted from this logical mindset. And I often get that as guys actually ask me, yeah, you can't do that in the first couple of minutes. I mean, first you have to do small no. talk. And I always say, Why? You don't have to. Right. Exactly. It's There's just no social need conditioning to do it. that you have to do it.
0: So how so I love that because I, I I respond to that as well. But how do you connect emotionally without getting into a heavily emotional place. So for me, if I were to say, oh, you know, I'm a law student and somebody were to pick up on that, maybe I'm not so happy being a law student. I'm kind of frustrated or I'm not finding passion in that space. So I, I would love if somebody were to recognize that for sure. And I would connect to them in some way. But I could also get into this space of just venting to them and feeling really comfortable with them. How do you actually keep that balance so that it's something? sexy as opposed to just emotional.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I combine it, like, a, like I said, with these sexual elements. Like while I talk to her, let's stick with that topic with the law student. Let's say she tells me, yeah, she doesn't like, really like it. I say, what do you actually like to do? And while I do this, I, I don't really talk about sexual topics, but the way I look at her, the way I touch her, the way I use my voice, it implies some it implies a sexual energy there is sexual connection there like i believe that you don't have to verbalize it all the time but that you can do a lot of things with subtle signals like i mean women do it all the time by giving the iois and as guys you can do the same in this sense and when you then go into yeah deep into the topic let's say she really wants to let's take an example she really wants to have her own business and i then go into this emotion and ask her how does it make you feel to have your own business? Can you imagine it to have your own business? How do you, yeah, how does it feel for you? Why do you want it? How does it make you happy? And then while she talks about these emotional topics, combining this with touching, for example, you can give an approval, you can tap on the shoulder, you can give her a handshake. Or if she's, if she actually, yeah, if she actually talks about something that she really likes, then you say, Hey, I love, I love women who are that positive. And you give her an inviting hug. And you can combine all these things. And that's just what works for me. And I, do,
0: I would say it works for most guys as well. When do you get to the point of sharing about you?
2: I usually do it in this, in this sense when she shares something about herself. I take, yeah, let's say it like this, what, what most guys do or what, what you can do in some situations, you can take the topic and then you share your own opinion on that topic. For example, she likes swimming, and then I share my own opinion on swimming, and then we have this connection there. But what often happens is that women like something completely different than men. Let's say, for example, she likes horse riding. And a lot of guys, we just just don't get it, let's say it like this. (laughs) And then instead of lying, instead of saying, hey, I also love horse riding, oh, I have two horses, (laughs) which would be a complete lie. Instead, I don't... Let's say I don't anchor her on the topic, but I do it on the emotion. So let's say she feels really free when she's on the horse. And I then talk about things that give me the same emotion. Like, for example, when I'm traveling, I have the same feeling, this feeling of freedom. It's just awesome. And then I can go into the physical aspect again with a touch or with a hug. Ooh, well, it's
1: really, really hard for me not to make a riding. I was horse thinking that too. Pun. I'm like, or you could be crass and just say, "Do you like big things between yeah. your legs?" What something? about this horse? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a bad influence. <laughs> What's good about what what is good about me is that I actually wouldn't say that, but it would be in my head. Oh, so sure. if a guy is thinking that, it's okay to be playful, but hold back on that shit. Yeah, for sure.
2: How would how would you react if you would say it? <laughs>
1: I'd laugh depending on... like I, I would give him a almost like a sympathy laugh, no matter who he was, I think, because it would be so dumb yeah. to say. But if he was really confident in saying it and knew he was being silly and kind of gave me an eye and we were already a little bit flirty, I might be okay with it. Yeah, same with me. you know
2: it's just, Yeah, it always depends on how right. you say it. It's like with cheesy pickup lines. If you just do it in a fun way, in a cheeky way, then it works. And if you're like totally serious about it... Yeah, it would then then yeah, so be really
1: weird if he was like, yeah, but do you want to ride this horse? <laughs>
0: And you're like, whoa. No, but even when you just said that, I could picture it being said in a great way that... If he I was mean, actually could, being
1: funny doing it yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. I love it. Oh, I, I love everything that you're saying. I kind of want to end there, Sebastian, because I think that you've given really some golden tips and how-to step-by-step instructions for guys. And I would love people who are listening to go out and try to connect emotionally, not to women for right now, but just people in general. And, and and this is like, I have my method that's called OSA, which is very similar, but it is, it's cutting out the fluff and basic headline conversation. That's kind of boring and dull for most people and diving a little bit deeper to, to really connect. But I, you know, oh,
1: sorry, go on. You know how I kind of like to phrase that, uh, that type of conversation. It seems like Kindergarten conversation—it's like communicating the way kids would. What do you like to do? What are your favorite colors? What do you do after school? It's very, very juvenile. Yeah. And so, I think if you think a step like go out of kindergarten and get into college or something in your thinking when you're talking to a woman, it's much more attractive. Yeah, but I, I love everything that Sebastian said about.
2: It's a, it's yeah, but it's, it's really just it. it's,
0: it's getting your mind work, and your conversational, your conversation muscle working around seeing it from an emotional point of view. So, if for the next week, if people that you talk to, you can try to inject the question of, "Oh, that's cool. How does that make you feel?" Something like that for like a simple, riding basic so riding my horse. Yeah, start for you to jump into that kind of conversation because I know for a lot of people that feels uncomfortable or awkward or intrusive or disrespectful, but especially for women, that conversation bonds you more and it allows her to open up and see you in a different way. So I'm guessing most guys who do try to incorporate that kind of conversation into their daily conversation will actually see many different reactions from women that are very favorable. I think it's going to have a positive outcome no matter who you're doing this to. Even if you try it on guys, I think that they'll respond that way. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So Sebastian, how do people work with you? I know that you are German. Are you in Germany? You do Skype calls. Tell me about you.
2: At the moment, I'm actually on the way to moving to Eastern European city, but I won't reveal which one (laughs) right now. Um, Yeah, like before I lived in Bangkok and I was I'm just all over the place. I'm usually just in Germany always for like one or two months to visit friends and family. I just don't I don't like it here so much. But yeah, um, usually a lot of guys, they find me actually through my podcast, through my daily podcast. I do it every day. Wow. Oh, wow. The Global Seducer Quickie podcast, which you can find on iTunes, on Stitcher, on every other platform in the world, I think. And yeah, then guys contact me, have Skype coachings with them, sometimes one-on-one coaching sessions where I take them out in field. I mean, I just had an amazing coaching with a guy who actually came from Denmark to Germany to do a coaching with me. But yeah, if you really want to find out more about me, check out my podcast, go to iTunes, Global Seducer Quickie Podcast. You can subscribe there. I give you daily tips. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you can also then check out my book, *Rise of the Phoenix*.
0: Amazing, absolutely amazing! Oh my god, Kristen! I could hear you gasp when he said, "Like a daily podcast, that would be hell for you, wouldn't it?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, when he said "quickie," I was like, eh, "Okay, fine. even a quickie, five minutes."
0: Yeah, fine. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Oh. Uh, anyway, please go check out Sebastian's uh, uh, podcast. It sounds like it, even though it's quick, it'll give you amazing uh, step-by-step advice. And I I loved having you on the show. I really like the things that you talked about. I like your point of view. Yeah, I don't really. I, I, sorry, I'm, I just want to ride your horse. About I want to ride your horse. I'm all say. over you. No, I, I I love everything that you had to say. You like cut out the fluff, got to the point, and gave people actionable stuff that they can use. So I I I always love that. So yeah, go check out his podcast. And Kristen, do you want to tell people about anything?
1: Yes, my new website is up, which took me forever because I either I'm the slowest human being in the world or I just like to do things right and be meticulous. Mm-hmm. So they can go to Kristen and And that's where I do my banter uh, stuff and my profile rewrites. So go there and hit me up. Let me see. I want to see your website, Kristen and Let's
0: just check it out. Mm-hmm. To see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing pulled up. Oh
1: well, perfect. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. okay. <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah, yeah. I the only love thing it. is that picture is like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> that yeah. picture is like five years old though. So I probably look a little, little, a uh, little different. But um, that's what I'm using for now. So oh, I love it, yeah, everyone. Oh if gosh. you're curious, go go look at it amazing story. I built yeah, it by reading. myself, by the way. You did? For the record. Yes. I mean, I had someone kind of help me with like the backend stuff of just like sending out a response to a purchase and stuff like that, like those back end things. But I did all the layout and everything.
0: I love it. It's beautiful. All mm-hmm. right, so we'll go check out yeah. Kristen and Chill. Great picture on the front. Um, and if anybody wants to check out my materials, go to wing Um, and actually, Kristen has a banter program that is available through my website. If you want to go to wing slash banter guide. She teaches you how to banter. And then if you do buy the program, I suggest doing a banter. Inter session with her because guys have been writing to me just telling me about how wonderful there's even their single session has been with Christian and the results that they've been getting. So she's fantastic. Uh, new episodes of the ask women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 PM Pacific. Sometimes I post it earlier because I'm not home at 5 PM Pacific and I just am really excited to get the episode out. They are also available on YouTube now. So go to youtube.com slash Marnie and check out the ask women podcast section. I'm posting the episodes that air on Thursdays on YouTube Friday morning. So you can listen, view, whatever you want to do through YouTube. You guys are awesome and wonderful. We'll see you next week.